add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie Leia Healthcare Looking after you always Proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry Hello and welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. Folks, for this week's show, who doesn't need a bit more positivity in their lives right now? Between COVID, lockdowns, Trump and the US election, Christmas and what 2021 is going to have in store for us, it can be hard to keep your spirits up and your focus on the positive that is still out there. In the same way, you've got to build up a good exercise habit and good food habits. You also have to build a good positive mental habit as well. Just how you can do this and how it will expand and benefit your life even more. Well, this week's guest, Fiona Brennan, is a clinical hypnotherapist, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and mental health expert on Today FM. And she joins me with lots of great tips and advice on developing your positive mental habit. Fiona, welcome to Real Health. How are you? I'm great, Carl. Thank you so much for having me. Delighted to be here. It's great to have you on. First and foremost, how's life? How are you? How have you been finding kind of the lockdown and COVID? Yeah, I'm really good, Carl, I have to say. And what I would say is that it's not by chance that I'm really good. It's a lot of practicing what I preach. And I've really noticed that in the last few months, uh, well, since the whole, you know, uncertainty arose for, for globally back in February, March uh, of this year, I've really noticed just how important it is, Carl, to up uh, the ante in terms of looking after our minds. So I've done a huge amount of work in terms of my own mental health, which is very good, you know, uh, anyway, but I've really been particularly working on it because I've had to, to really help a lot of clients along the journey. And I'm seeing so many things that are, are really, really tough for people. So in order, I always go back to the self in terms of how can I get myself in the best frame of mind so that I'm there for my clients, for my family, for my friends, uh, for my son, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm doing good. But I'd say, again, it's so important that, that, you know, when people say, oh, my God, how are you coping so well? It's like, well, it's, it's the work and the effort and the time that I put into my own mental health that actually allows me to, to be here today and say, do you know what, actually, yes authentically genuinely you know 100% I am doing I'm doing really well so thanks for asking <laughs> how are you <laughs> well, even yeah. though even those who are positive you know the best of times we've never been challenged more uh, than ever before over the course of the last kind of six seven eight months or so and of course trying mm -hmm. to be positive for everybody else and for your family and for your work colleagues and for your friends the reality is if you're not practicing some kind of self-care or some kind of positive habit routine yourself, it's very difficult to be positive for everybody else and it'll cr you'll crash and burn eventually. Totally. Carl. I wouldn't just say it's very difficult. I'd say it's impossible. I'd say it's actually you're, you're not going to be there uh, for people in the way that you need to be. And especially when you are a therapist or you're in a caring industry, then, you know, that that even means it's more more necessary to to dig deep if you like and I think you know and I'm sure you've heard it before a lot of people are saying how they've had the opportunity to, to reflect in many ways 
um, you know, a lot, the pace of life so much slower, etc. And that does does open the door for that deep inner work, which I think is something we, we can all benefit from. So I've certainly been doing um, some more of that myself. And, you know, that I found that really has has helped me to to be present and to be um yes positive but positive i think and and you know i think it's so important to um define what positivity is and i would say that essentially it is one of the most positive things we can do quite ironically carl is to feel negative emotions that it's essential for us to be able to go through the very uncomfortable feeling of whether it's anxiety whether it's you know stress uh, sadness grief you know, and there's been a huge amount of that in the last six months. So really, it's sitting with those emotions and tolerating them within ourselves that allows us to do that for the people we love, uh, because we're not so frightened by them. We're, we're able to see that when we get closer to an emotion, it, it, the very thing that we want to happen is it starts to happen itself naturally, is it dissolves and, and sort of, uh, you know, eases through our own loving attention. So that's something I, I work on with myself and then, again, of course, with my clients. Okay, so it's not about hiding emotions or running away from emotions and especially those that people would see as been negative, such as, you know, as, like you said, grief, loss, worry, uh, concern, anxiety, all the kind of common things people have been feeling over the last while. It's important mm. to reflect on them and to deal with them. Absolutely, yeah, it really is. And how we deal with them is, is the very first step is acceptance. And when we, you know, when I say that to clients, there's always, ironically, resistance because, you know, they come to me with the, with the desire to feel better. And then when I ask them, well, okay, before we can get to that place, I really need you to work with this idea of accepting whatever is there within you now. And that, that can be actually the, the hardest step for people. You know, it, it's sort of counterintuitive because when we feel like if I just accept this, then I'm, you know, I'm giving up. I'm letting sort of just kind of giving up and resigning to the situation. But the opposite is true. And what I find really useful, Carl, is just a, a simple metaphor is, you know, if somebody's walking down the road and, you know, they're looking for to come and visit you in your gym and you, somebody taps them on the shoulder and they say, you're looking for Carl. And they say, yeah. And you say, well, you're heading in the wrong direction. And they refuse to accept that. Well, they're never going to actually get to their desired result. So just really simply that acceptance within ourselves, acceptance that, yes, I do feel really anxious. Yes, I do feel really um, uneasy about this. Yes, I am uncomfortable with uncertainty. That then allows the very thing to start to happen, which is we can start to, to move forward from that. And it's it's really a platform. You know, it's, it's a platform for, for uh, progress, I would say. And in my work, Carl, I meet a lot of kind of very high achieving type of people. And they would quite often put a lot of pressure on themselves. You know, it's, it's sort of that sense of in order to achieve, I must have pressure. And it comes from, from years ago, maybe, you know, at school or sports teams, etc. And they bring it into their adulthood. And it's, it's so unsustainable that the older we get, the less uh, we perform well under pressure. And the more we perform well under compassion and understanding and patience with ourselves. And that is so much at the heart of the work I do is, is helping people to actually be kinder to themselves. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite shocking <laughs> and quite revealing to be in, in a therapy room for years and years and just see these 
wonderful, beautiful people being really hard on themselves. People that others would deem, you know, externally successful and yet have an internal, very self-critical voice. So I work with that voice in terms of accepting that part of ourselves and loving that part of ourselves as opposed to fearing it or as opposed to just wanting to be rid of it or ignoring it or escaping from it, which are all, you know, very um, common sort of coping mechanisms with, with these parts of ourselves that we, we find difficult. And it's fair to say that as a, as a nation, we're particularly bad at loving ourselves. Right? Would, would, that, would that be fair to say? It would, Carl. And you know what? It's, it's, it's quite uh, fitting here because the title of my next book is The Self-Love Habit. So I focus really in on this. And that's probably why this conversation is flowing the way it is, because it's, it's been in my head so much in terms of the importance of loving ourselves and what that is. And again, there's so many misunderstandings of it being something as selfish or narcissistic, um, which even you can understand that because as soon as you say it, like self-love, oh, I love myself. And when we were younger, oh, she loves herself. You know, it's this idea of vanity, etc. But, you know, and I think it is that that is the tides are changing with that. But at heart, it is the most selfless thing you can do. And that is the message in my book. But, but when you love yourself, and that is a very deep uh, understanding and self-knowledge of yourself, you are then in this position to really actually not just make the people around you brighter and happier and, and more positive, but the world a better place. The world becomes more um, caring, more loving, more uh, you have the energy that, that you need to help different people. You know, so if you walk past somebody who's suffering, who's homeless, who's in difficulty, you actually have the ability to feel the empathy for them and to have a desire to help them but not so much that it overrides or that you start to get caught up with yourself again in terms of, oh, isn't the world a terrible place? And, and now we're into more negative energy. So it's, it's really loving the self so that we can move beyond the self. And that is, you know, um, something that, that is so essential, I think, in the, in the times we're living through, is that there is that energy that's, that's starting to, to move us towards collaboration and uh, really joining together and seeing how interdependent we, we really are. And I think that is becoming more and more clear uh, as time goes on, you know, and, and certainly in, in the pandemic, we can see that, how interdependent we are. You know, my behavior has an impact on your behavior. And, and so forth. And on a very basic level, I know from my own experience, when I put some time aside for myself and prioritize you know, my own training, for example, or my guitar lesson or whatever that may be, that mm -hmm. on a basic level, loving yourself can be putting aside 30 minutes, 60 minutes for something that you'd love to do and immersing yourself in that. And that could, so on a, self, on a very basic level of self-care, that's a really easy way for people to start. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It, it has to be that sense of it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. So when you go off and you do your, you know, I hope at least an hour of guitar, not 30 minutes, you need a good hour there to get into it. And um, that, you know, that is actually a selfless act in itself because when you come back when you when you're with your kids after that time your energy will have shifted into one that is much calmer much more connected and that's the gift that you give you know by by taking the time for yourself you trans transform your own energy into something that is very beautiful to be around for people so on a practical level absolutely it's it's this idea that it's it's 
not just if I have time, you know, it's like, this is 100% a necessity. And then I'm going to be in that place where I can actually really give uh, with value and, and, and listen to people. Um, which I think is a skill that, that you're very good at, Carl. <laughs> but, you know, it's something that we all need to, to practice. Um, and when, we, when we're listening to our own selves and our own hearts, we are then in a really good position to, to actually listen to others without our own sort of agenda coming through or our own conditioning coming through. You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Leia Healthcare. And what are the things for long-term change? I know from your own opinion, you say that it should be made on a subconscious level. So tell me a little bit more about that, what that actually means. Yeah, Carl. Well, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist. So hypnotherapy is at the heart, again, of my work. And personally speaking, like I, I went through, you know, my own sort of journey as, as we all have. And I think you'll find a lot of people in, in the caring professions have, you know, suffered themselves in different ways. So I would have had really chronic anxiety for, for a huge part of my earlier life, my childhood and, and my early adulthood. And I did a lot of, you know, psychotherapy, talking therapy, which I found very useful. And then I started to, to explore the whole world of hypnotherapy. And I would say on a personal level, that's kind of what took me from sort of, you know, being okay, my mental health being in a, in a reasonably good place, uh, certainly not as anxious anymore, into this much higher realm of um, joy, of happiness, of progress, of self-belief. And that is because hypnotherapy works on a subconscious level. So I've seen this transformation, you know, so many times with my clients well, and it's just incredible to see because what what we're doing is we're quietening down the conscious mind so right now as we're chatting carl like our conscious minds are still you know they're still aware of what's coming later in the afternoon is it raining are we going to get out for a walk all of these things will go through our conscious mind but in order for really good permanent sustainable lasting change we want to get into the subconscious and hypnotherapy is a very useful tool for doing that it's really, the way I like to describe it is an honest placebo. So we're not pretending it's anything else. We're not saying this is a pill and then you're going to feel better or you're going to, you know, um, do this and this will happen. It's simply allowing people to see the power of their own minds through quietening down the conscious mind. So it's not a million miles from meditation. People often ask, you know, what's the difference? Well, the difference is that meditation is like, again, I, I like to think of it as a door that opens up in terms of being present, of being still. And once we have that door, once we have the conscious mind quiet and relaxed, we can then move into the imagination. So, you know, you've probably heard about the power of visualization, mental rehearsals, etc. And that's where you're really training your brain to experience something in a way that you desire. So it's very specifically tailored towards an outcome. With meditation, with mindfulness, which I'm a huge advocate of as well, it is much more so this idea of, of keeping present, which is incredibly important. But then let's launch into whether it's going forward. So it could be, for example, I do a lot of work with people who are, um, you know, have nerves around public speaking, presenting. So I can help that person to actually go forth, do their presentation to the most amazing and best possibility that they can, the capacity that they have in their imagination. And when the time comes, it's like, I've done this before. 
to the very detail, to the to the sort of aroma in the room, to the feel of the seat that you're sitting on, to the people that are there. Um, so it's it's a very uh, incredibly powerful tool that we can use and then again you can use it to go back so if somebody's got trauma or difficulties in their in their past it doesn't even have to be trauma but anything that you know let's say with that example of the the presenting that they had an experience where they felt uh you know it went really badly and they forgot what they were saying and they froze and, and lots of people can experience that uh you can go back and you can start to kind of reframe that for them so it doesn't feel as intense so that they're not bringing the past into uh, the present and then into the future. So, um, you know, I just find that it's it's a an incredibly uh, joyful, wonderful tool that that we all have access to. And I can see the benefit it's had in my own life over the years. And um, you know, I visualized my first book coming out, and it's out, and there it is. I visualized it in the top ten in in uh, Irish Times bestsellers. There it is. So, you know, it's 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 incredibly um, sort of encouraging and uh, just to know that we have that capacity within us, you know, that we can imagine something, we can create it and we can believe it. And the science behind that is that that it's actually changing our brains in terms of the neuroplasticity. Our brains are literally being rewired. Um, Rick Hansen, whom I trained with, uh, you may, may have heard of him or not, but he says that uh, neurons are fired together, wired together. So the idea that um, we are literally, you know, changing, if you could see the brain, you would see it be uh, fitter and stronger. And that is through repetition. So a lot of hypnotherapy is repetition, which is why, for example, in my books, uh, the audio aspect is a huge part of it. So as much as the, the, the reader is reading the book, I always say, please, please, please listen to the morning and the nighttime uh, audios that come with the book because they, they work on the subconscious level. What you're reading is conscious and then what you're listening to is subconscious. So in, t- and in terms of that kind of the vision component, and I suppose that's where the likes of vision boards and things come from. It's taking things out of your head and you can then visually see them. So a simple tip for listeners may be to dream those dreams and, and see themselves. And I, I totally, when I started out my career, was all, I, I'm into cars and it was a, a Mini Cooper S and it was a particular color and I could vision myself driving it. And I, all of these processes. And, you know, lo and behold, a couple of years later, I was driving the Mini that I, you know, I, and I totally get that. For me, yes. it's a, I like to to identify it and make it visual and surround myself with it, say, in my diary or at my desk. And that kind of vision boarding can be a really good tool or accessory to go along with that kind Absolutely. of that, that mental attitude. Yes, it is, because every time you see it, it's a subconscious reminder. So that's we don't realize just how powerful the subconscious is in terms of the more often you see something, the more that you're actually then starting to subconsciously seek that out in the world. And that works on the positive, but it also works on, on the negative. And the negative is quite often unconscious. So people are unconsciously uh, sort of responding to negative triggers within their lives. And that's what's really unfortunate and really sad is that they, there isn't that awareness. So awareness is just hugely uh, important, which brings us back to, to the whole area of mindfulness being the door, if you like, to open up. Because how can you even, if you're not aware that you even 
believe that you can have this Mini Cooper, for example, how are you going to, to, to put a picture up or to visualize it? So creating the awareness that you, um, first of all, deserve the car, that you can have the car, you have the capacity to get the car in that example, you know, is, is the beginning of it. Okay. And I suppose now I want to pull it towards tools and tips. That's what I love about chatting to people on the podcast. I get to pick their brains for our listeners, which is great. In terms yeah. of positive habits and that kind of toolkit and training positive habits, talk to me about adversity and when things go wrong, getting back, getting those habits back into that kind of mindset of getting back into positive habit structures, getting kind of, you know, when you have a tough week or a tough day and the really easy thing is to get all the negative habits back into your life. What tips and tools have you got to keep people on track in that way? Well, I would say that one of the tools that, that I use and share with my clients is called a positive pause technique. And really, it's about between um, stimulus and response, there is a space. And that's a Viktor Frankl quote you may have heard as well. Um, and in that space is your freedom. So, for example, when you're talking about adversity, challenges, stress, all the responsibilities that people can have, the difficulties people can have, it's about like, I love to visualize it in terms of if, if you imagine, Carl, you're watching yourself on a screen like you are right now, but you have the ability to just press pause. And that is where you use the breath. And the breath is the most important tool we have in terms of bringing our, ourselves into the moment. So you take a deep breath and you simply, I know people if, if are listening to this won't be able to see, but what I'm doing is I'm just taking my thumb and my forefinger together. So it's like a, a pause button. So you take a deep breath fill up your lungs and just place your, your fingers together. And then it's like, you can imagine the screen freezing and you slowly exhale. And your whole nervous system starts to calm down. Your whole parasympathetic is, is activated. And now you're in a position of strength to choose how you're going to respond to the trigger. So knowing your triggers, knowing what it is that really causes you to feel, um, you know, out of balance, causes you to feel stress. You know, for many people, it's like first thing in the morning, getting the kids ready to school. That can be a trigger for many people because it's like, how am I going to get them out? I've got a meeting. I've got a Zoom at, you know, nine o'clock. The kids are, you know, can't find their shoes. And it's, it's the ability to actually navigate those, those times from a place of calmness, from a place of um, empowerment, as opposed to feeling that you're, you're overwhelmed and that you're reacting to the situation so the positive pause technique and that is in you can find for anyone who's interested they can find that on my um the five-star online program called the positive habit and that is free for everyone and has been since the, the beginning of the pandemic and that you know i teach that that uh, technique on the course so it's it's there for people um, and I use it myself, like it's, it's hilarious because sometimes I don't even realize that I got my thumb and my forefinger together and I'm like, oh, okay, so there's something there that is, you know, could be stressing me out. And so it becomes very subconscious. It becomes a tool that you're, you're accessing on a subconscious level. And that's what you want. So it's not taking so much effort from your conscious mind. And that's something we're seeing more and more. The more experts that we chat to across the globe, from from James Nestor to all the other experts that we've chatted to, you know, breathing is almost back in fashion in some respects. I'm not sure I've ever left fashion, but if you know, and everyone's talking about it, and that whole kind of pause and breathe technique, it mm -hmm. really does. It, it's it's you know, it's it's a similar version of it that we get from different people, but it just shows yeah. how powerful it is as a technique. And how simple it is as a technique that it really can improve your mood. It really can help you build on positive habits. 
that's simple yeah. just breathing and breathing in breathing out for three seconds four seconds or five seconds can really change your approach and change your mm-hmm. decision making for the better a hundred percent yeah yeah and like james says you know it's it's the nasal breathing that is is actually most effective and um you know i love his work and it's it's so so important and i think that you're right it is something that that we're hearing a lot of but it's actually acknowledging i think what's so important and, and people forget to do and I, and I work with my clients on this basis is to acknowledge the times where you did use it because when you acknowledge your progress you're much more likely to continue to make it so for example the morning that you didn't shout at the kids and that you did actually pause and stop sit with that you know really allow yourself to soak that in and, and congratulate yourself and that is self-love again that's self-care it's it's acknowledging your progress so journaling that down today i actually did stop pause and uh to notice the difference what is the difference on yourself uh, in terms of physically because anxiety is such a, a physical um condition what is the, what is the difference in terms of of your children your family around you how what what how did that feel and then let that soak in because then it becomes something that's the reward which is like back to the not back to, but the science of habits is that we're looking for the reward always. So when you can see that's the reward is, you know, my kids skip off to school as opposed to, you know, go off <laughs> sulking or, you know, that tension that can be there. And um, there is the reward. So, so I think that's so, such a big part of it is to acknowledge it when you do do it. And when you don't do it, let's face it, there's all those times where we don't, is then again to be kind to yourself awareness you notice that you didn't do it that's that's progress too you know everyone loves to see progression that is it that is for sure and it's a really good reminder for people in terms of habit forming and building more positive habits stop pause but also journal and see the difference that that you know that that pause makes which is fantastic fiona it's been great to catch up today remind me where people can find you and remind us of your books yeah, absolutely. So I, the positivehabit.com is where people can access that, the online course. My first book was, uh, is The Positive Habit. It's available in all bookstores. And my new book, uh, The Self-Love Habit, will be published uh, with Gill Books in February 21. And uh, you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, so that's where you can, you can get more of my work. Fantastic. Well, Fiona, at the very start of the interview, before we came on, you said, I'm sending sunshine your way. It was pouring rain. I didn't quite believe you. As I look outside now, oh, we have sunshine. So fair play wow, to you. Wow, you see, there you go. <laughs> There's an exact example. <laughs> the power of, of visualization. Oh, yeah. Of course. Well, listen, it's been great to catch up with you and um, what, the very best luck with the books. And we'll see you soon. Folks, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Fiona Brennan. Really simple tips there. Really simple tools. Put them into practice and increase the amount of positive habits in your day. As ever, you know where we are realhealthandindependent.ie at carlhenrypt on Twitter and on Instagram and we'll see you for more Real Health next week have a great week and we'll see you soon Leia Healthcare looking after you always proud sponsors of Real Health with Carl Henry